bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobi. And now, today's word. So I'm doing part three of my message, which I started a couple of weeks ago, uh, living in expectancy. Each one of us have expectancy in life. Each one of us want to live a purposeful life. We want to live for God. We want to do well with our lives. We want to have trustworthy friends. We want to have a marriage that lives happily ever after. Uh, we want to be financially secure and so much more. And these are great expectations and all of us must have expectations. Is it naive to have expectations? No, we must have them. So I'm doing part three of living in expectancy and we're going to talk about how to make these expectations come real. My subtitle is so into it. So into your expectations, invest into your expectations. God has designed our lives in such a way that when we expect something, that he has given us the process to get our expectations become real. And so we go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. And it says, most of you are familiar with it, do not be deceived. In other words, you can be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Now, I suppose you know that a man there is gender neutral, refers to women as well. So I'll read it for the sake of the woman. Do not be deceived, God is not more. For whatever a woman sows, that she will also reap. And the same for children as well and for everybody. And there are two words there I want you to pay attention to as we build our message. The first word is the word sow. For whatever a man or a woman sows. The word sow is an action taken with an expected harvest in mind. So when we sow, we are doing something because we expect something. And so he says, whatever a man sows, that also he shall reap. We do things with expectation. We want life to be well with us. That's the expectation. And the action we take is the sowing into our expectancy. When a farmer sows a seed, he does it in expectation of a harvest. It's an investment that the farmer is making into his future or her future. And many times when people sow something, they have clear idea of the harvest they are expecting. You go to a farmer and you ask them, so at the end of this farming season, how much do you want? And he says, well, I'm planting on this acre of land and I want so many bags of pepper or so many bags of corn or so many bags of cocoa. They know what they are expecting and that influences what they are sowing. 
Whatever you sow is the action you are taking towards your expectation. The second word I want you to note is the word whatever. Whatever makes sowing a universal principle. It takes it beyond agriculture. Whatever means any kind, any amount. Whatever you sow at the foundation, sowing is an agricultural principle. But the scriptures elevate it beyond agriculture and says whatever. It means that it's a universal principle that affects many areas of our lives. And we're going to talk about some of the things we must sow, and then we're going to look at things we must not sow. So if we expect it, we must sow into it. We must sow into the things we expect to harvest. If you don't want it, don't sow into it. If you don't want it, don't sow into it. But if you expect it, if you expect a purposeful life, then you must sow into a purposeful life. If you want to be surrounded by good people, we must sow into good relationships. If we expect to have financial freedom and independence, we must sow into our finances. Whatever you sow, whatever, whether it's for friendship, it's for marriage, it's for finances, it's for a spiritual life, it's for breakthrough, it's for answer prayer, you have to sow into it. It's not enough to expect it. You must sow into the expectation because many times we live life in expectation. Oh, I want life to be good for me. I want to prosper. I want to live for God. I want to pray more. I want to know the Bible. But if that's your expectation, if that's the harvest you're looking for, then you must sow into it. You must sow into it. Everybody say sow into it. All right. You did well the first time. Okay. So, Look at some of the things that we can sow into our lives. Whatever we sow, we produce a harvest. Now, I'm going to talk about four essential things that you must be mindful that you sow. The first thing is time, sowing time. Time is the moments we live in, the seasons we live in. We can count it in terms of chronology, we can count it in time, in terms of time on the watch, but whatever you call time, it is one of the most essential things that we must sow. If you want it, you must sow time into it. Everything we need demands an investment of time. Everything you need. Just talk about something you need. You want a good marriage? You have to invest time. You want to make money? You have to invest time. You want to be spiritual? You have to invest time. You want to get education? You have to invest time. You know, because sometimes we look at people who have invested time, displayed the harvest of their investment, and we simplify it by saying, oh, as for you, you are blessed. God has blessed you so much. Oh, look at you. He's so blessed. A preacher was invited to uh, read a scripture portion from Matthew chapter 5. And he got up and he didn't pick up a Bible, but he stood and started rattling the whole of Matthew chapter 5 
without Bible reference. So I understand that the evangelist, the popular evangelist, Billy Graham, was sitting by this gentleman, and he says, what an amazing blessing. And the gentleman said to Mr. Graham, this is a lifetime of investment paying off. He says, the investment of my youth is paying off in my old age. In other words, I didn't just get up to rattle Matthew chapter 5. I invested time into it. It's a blessing, but the blessing came because somebody invested time into it. There are people who want things, but they don't make time for it. And somehow they feel they're going to reap a harvest. And they live with expectations that are not met because there's no investment of time. One of the most important things you have to sow in life is time. If you love somebody, spend time with them. If you love something, make time for it. If you don't love it, don't make time for it. If you make more time for Manchester City <laughs> than you make for your own desires in life, it shows where your priorities are. Manchester City will do well. They will win the FA Cup, but you would win nothing. Are you following me? Because many of us invest time into things that produce no harvest for us. The first thing you have to invest is time. Somebody say, I will sow time. Second thing we have to invest in is thoughts, our ideas, our plans. Thoughts, the things we think about are like seeds in our hands. When we sow them, they germinate. If you think so much about something, it will start bearing fruit in your life. If you spend so much time talking about, thinking about it, it will be your reality. That's a natural law that God has put into the world. If you spend so much time thinking of hatred and anger, it will manifest. If you spend all your time thinking about demons and the devil and principalities and powers and witches in your family, they will manifest. Even if they don't exist, your thoughts will bring them into existence. Because your thoughts are very powerful. They can create a reality for you. And you can live in a world that doesn't exist, but that is real. Because your thoughts created them. So ask yourself, what do I spend time thinking about? What are my prime ideas? What do I plan about? When I'm lying down quietly, what am I thinking about? When I'm talking with friends, what are the ideas we're exchanging? Because every thought and plan is a seed that you're sowing and it will produce a harvest. The third thing, we must be conscious to invest is our talent, our gifts, and our abilities. It's of no use to be gifted and do nothing about the gift. We've heard so much about the parable of the talents. Although in that instance, Jesus is talking about talent in terms of money, the principle applies to our talents as well. If you have the talent and you don't use it, it's not going to harvest anything for you. I believe that every human being 
is talented. Everyone, every one of us is talented in something. There's something you are so good at naturally. Some of you are able to make people laugh naturally. You haven't learned comedy. But when you, you are around people, they always say, as for you, you are a comedian. They may mean it as an insult, but as you know, comedy is a source of income as well. So don't just crack jokes for free. <laughs> don't make people laugh for free. Find out, how do I utilize this talent, this ability? Because for all you know, it will gain you more money than all the degrees you've acquired in life. God has given each one of us what I call our cutting edge. Your cutting edge, the thing that makes you cut. Because the world is full of people with cutting edges who are not using their cutting edge. They are using the dull edge. It's like having a knife, the dull side at the back and the front side is the sharp side. And instead of using the sharp side, we're always using the dull side. But there is something you are very good at. It's your talent. It's your gift. It's naturally endowed. And you can decide to sow it or do nothing about it. And the tragedy of life is that most of us go through life trying to be like somebody else, imitating somebody's talent, imitating somebody's ability, but never investing in our own talents and abilities and skills. So we, we grow up and we are not defined by anything. There's nothing sharp in our lives because the talent was never developed. Whatever a person sows, whether it's time, it's a thought, it's a talent, they're going to reap it. And the fourth thing that we must invest in or invest with is our treasure, our worth, our wealth. God's financial principles are clear. In addition to being hardworking, in addition to being purposeful, God says, if you want me to bless you financially, you have to invest financially also. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, present, shaking together and running over shall men give to your bosom. You cannot expect God to bless you financially without you investing financially. It doesn't work that way. If you expect God and you're looking forward to God's blessing, then you have to give financially. I've heard sometimes people say, well, there, there are unbelievers who never give and they prosper. Are you really sure? Because I've never seen a stingy person prosper. A stingy person may accumulate wealth but cannot create wealth. You can accumulate, you can store wealth by stinginess, but creating wealth requires a lot of giving, a lot of generosity. That is what opens the wealth. And that is why these times you hear almost all the richest people in the world donate so much amount of their money, vast amounts of their money to things that are important to them, where their treasure is, where their heart is. For us Christians, we also must know where our heart is. So somebody who is a rich billionaire decides that he's going to invest money. He's giving. And he says, I want to give to save elephants or whales 
or I want to save to eradicate mosquitoes in the world or promote gay rights. Then the Christians who say, I have a different treasure. My heart is somewhere else. Don't invest in where their heart is. And you wonder why the people of the world are doing better than you because they have a better sense of this universal principle that whatever a person sows, they will reap. We must be good stewards. We must save money. We must not be wasteful. But saving money and not being wasteful can only help you accumulate wealth, but not create wealth. You create wealth through giving, through generosity, having a heart that is bigger than just making money. So our expectations in life will be fueled by these four things, time, thought, talent, treasure. Every expectation in your life somehow is plugged into these four. You want a good marriage? You have to invest time, thought, talent, treasure. Both ways. Men must invest treasure as well as women must invest treasure. Investing what is valuable, what is worthy, what you consider important. So for us to have our expectations in life met, we must be sowers. Somebody say, sow into it. Say one more time. Say, sow into it. Now you're getting a bit lazy. Say, sow into it. Okay, now we are alive. All right. So expectations must not just remain as expectations. They must not just remain. Because if, if you're not careful, you're going to live life and say, oh, Debbie, Debbie, Ebeye, ye. One day, one day, my lucky star will shine. That's not how it works. In fact, it's possible to go through life and go through life fully and not achieve anything of worth. It's possible. Because you are not careful to invest in the things that will produce you the harvest you're looking for. Now I'm going to turn my attention to a passage in the Bible. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 9. You see, many times we sow the right things in life, but we mix them up with the wrong things. For example, in a marriage, one spouse can say and do the right thing for a long time and then later mix it up with wrong things. And all of a sudden, the harvest is polluted. Something that used to work is no longer working. And Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 9 says something that I think applies to that. You shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. You know, many times when we read the Bible, because we are so removed from the time the original script was put down and the, and the, and the conditions under which it was put down, we're not able to envisage what the scripture is talking about. An example is this. 
It says, you shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. And it's a law that God gave to the children of Israel. Now, why did God give them this law? Now, if you look at it, it's in the book of Deuteronomy. The laws that you find in the book of Deuteronomy are the laws that were given to Israel just as they were getting into the promised land. Just when they were about to give the promised land, God told them, when you go to the promised land, don't imitate the lifestyle of the people in the promised land. So he gave them a lot of laws. Don't follow them. Don't follow them. And one of the things that he told them concerns this verse. Because the people who lived at that time in the promised land had an agricultural practice. And in the agricultural practice, they would take different kinds of seeds. So they would take wheat, they would take barley, they would take grape, and plant them all in a vineyard. They would throw them all into the vineyard and expect them to grow. Now, the season for barley is not the same as the season for wheat. The gestation period is not the same, and of course not the same for grapes. So what will happen is when the plants start growing, because they grow at different seasons, some of them are cross purposes, so it destroys a farm and the whole farm is ruined. And God says to his children, when you go into the promised land, don't copy the system of mixing the wrong seeds together when you are planting. Because if you do that, you will ruin everything. So it's a practical knowledge God is giving his children as they go into the promised land. And if you look at it, he's talking about vineyards. He says, you shall not sow your vineyard. How, how many of you know what a vineyard is? Okay, not many of you. A vineyard play, is, is a place where vine is yarded. <laughs> so a vineyard basically is a field or a land where vine is sown. Now, what is the vine? The vine is the grape plant that produces grapes. So he says, when you go to your, your place and you plant a vineyard, you, you want to plant what? A vineyard. Because on a vineyard, you plant vines. You plant grapes. So you have a field. What's your intention? What's your expectation? I'm going to plant grapes. I want a grape harvest. And then he talks about seeds. Now this seed there is talking about grain, grain seed, like corn, like millet, like sorghum, like barley, like wheat. In Israel, they didn't have corn at that time, and they didn't have uh, sorghum and co. They have barley and wheat. These are the main grains. He says, when you want to sow in a vineyard to produce vine, don't take wheat, and barley and sow it in the same field. What are you doing? You are mixing up. Your expectation is vine, grapes. Why are you sowing corn in a vineyard? So that's the lesson God is teaching the people. So what lesson do we learn from this verse? First, be purposeful with what you sow. If you want grapes, so grapes. 
You want peace in your marriage? Sow for peace in your marriage. You want education? Sow into education. You want to prosper financially? Sow into that. Be purposeful about what you're sowing. You know, because many times we say things like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about it, oh, and then it happened. The worst culprit is a woman who gets pregnant. And say, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then before I realized, boom. I, you know, they talk as if you're just standing there one day minding your business, you know, <laughs> counting the stars, and boom, you're pregnant. Oh, I don't know where it came from. You know what produces pregnancy. You know that there has to be a seed planted, and it is a seed that is the bellyful. <laughs> so you can't come and say, I didn't know. You must know the seed you are sowing. You must know. You must be purposeful. Everybody say, be purposeful. That means be intentional. Think about your actions. Think about the steps you are taking. Think about what you're giving time to. Think about the thoughts in your mind. Think about the treasures you are planting because they're going to produce a harvest. So that's what God is saying to Israel. If you want to plant a vineyard, sow things that a vineyard must be sown in a vineyard. Don't mix it up. Second thing he's trying to tell them, don't sow seeds that are contradictory. I love you, I hate you. I love you, I hate you. Or you want to get a degree and you start, you go for classes, you go for classes, you're sowing good seed. And then the next time you don't go for classes again. You're sowing a different seed altogether. You are defiling the field. If you start doing the right thing, don't mix it up with the wrong seeds. And many of us sometimes in life have mixed up the wrong seed. Don't sow seeds that are contradictory. Don't say I love you and insult the person at the same time. Honey, you know, the, the people who call uh, their, their spouse's husband, honey, dearie, sweetheart, my sugar, nice seeds. And then the next time the insult that will come is not grapes. This is Alasa seeds in the graveyard. It's bitter. And they've sown it in the same field. And then you wonder, I don't, you know, I don't even know, I've done my best, but she's not responding to my love. What about the Alasa you sowed? So, don't sow seeds that are contradictory. If it's sweet, let it be sweet. Don't sow bitter. That's what he's saying. He says, when you go to the promised land, don't imitate those Canaanites. They don't understand how to farm properly. This is my principle for you. Don't mix up what you're sowing. And the third lesson we learn, good harvests can be ruined by bad seeds. The passage, it says, it will be defiled. And it's a very interesting word in the Old Testament, the, in the Hebrew, the word defiled. It is used for things that become an abomination that must be confiscated and sometimes taken away from people and taken to the temple. In other words, if you do that, you will not just ruin your field, but you would forfeit it. 
Something that is supposed to be yours will no longer be yours. The field that is supposed to be yours will not be yours because you mixed it up. Have you ever felt sometime that something was going to be yours and then you did the dumbest thing in the whole world and you lost it? It happens in business. Something is coming to you and it's coming and you can see it and, and everything is working and then you make the wrong call, you talk to the wrong person, or you exhibit a wrong attitude and boom, the harvest is gone, forfeited. Or you are caught in a lady and you're saying the right things. I'll take you to Tokyo. I'll take you to Dubai. And I'll do And the lady says, yeah, you are the guy. You are my man. And then you say something very stupid <laughs> about her mother or her father or maybe her head. <laughs> or she wears something and you say something dumb. And she says, oh, you sow Tokyo seed, and now it's, it's ruined, forfeited. I will marry you again. All of a sudden, something that is supposed to be yours is gone. And the reason is because in your vineyard, you are sowing contradictory seed. Do you have expectations in life? Are there things you're looking forward to? Is it God's blessing, God's favor, good health, increase, breakthrough, whatever it is, sow into it. Sow time, sow thoughts, sow treasure, sow talent into it. And when you are sowing, don't mix it up. Don't contradict yourself. Don't change your mouth. Don't start sowing new thoughts and different things because if you do that, you forfeit the whole harvest that is supposed to. To be yours. Somebody say, I'll sow into it. But before I close, the greatest sowing we can do in life is to sow our lives for eternal life. You know, because if you want eternal life, then you must sow your life. You must give up your life. When Jesus Christ wanted eternal life for the whole world, he didn't say, everybody be saved. He gave up his own life so that eternal life will accrue to everybody. And he says, if you want what I have given to you, you must also give up your life so that the life which is mine will be yours. And that is what we call a person being born again, a person being saved, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, getting born again. All of that simply means you have given your life to Jesus. You have sown your life to Jesus. If you are here and you have never done that, and you've never given your life to Christ, and you've never sown your life to Christ. You've never said, Lord Jesus, take my life and use it for your glory. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life. Lord Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me a brand new person. If you've never prayed that prayer, I want to help you to start the road to eternal life by giving your life to the one who gave his life for you, that in it you reap and you harvest abundant life. And eternal life. Let's bow down our heads for a minute. And if you're here, you say, Pastor, I hear the word of God. I want to make the most important decision of my life. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then with every head bowed and every eye closed, just lift up your right hand wherever you are.
you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you want your sins to be forgiven, you want to have eternal life, lift up your right hand. Just lift it up. Lift it up. Don't feel shy. Don't feel embarrassed. Just let your hand be up. God bless you for lifting up your hands. Just let your hand be up. Those of you who lifted up your hand wherever you are, I want you to put your hand upon your heart as we pray this prayer together. You say with me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I thank you, Father, that Jesus died for me to save me from sin and from destruction. And today, I give my life, I invest my life into Jesus, and I receive from him abundant life, eternal life. Thank you, Father, for salvation of my soul and for my future, which is secured in you, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.